Uh, what's up, guys? Welcome back to Lights Out F1 Podcast. I'm Patrick, that's Claire, that's Jakob. Um, today we had Monaco. Um, I want to know first, your guys' uh, ratings out of 10 for the race, or sorry, the weekend as a whole, the race, and then qualifying. Weekend as a whole, I mean, it was a, a celebrity spectacle, as it always is. Um... As a whole, I would give it a an eight, just because I love Monaco, just for the views where it's at, the people that show up, the yachts. Um, qualifying was like an eleven out of ten, maybe. I don't know. Like yeah, that was amazing, great. Uh, the race probably because it's Monaco and you don't expect much. It was a lot better than I thought it was going to be. So we'll go. Like a six. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Uh, weekend as a whole, like uh, seven on ten. Oh. Um, give uh, quality probably like a solid nine on ten. I, like that Q three was like solid. <laughs> yeah. And um, uh, I'll give um, the race a good. Uh, oh, the second half of the race was the more exciting part, so I'll give it an eight. Just okay. because it didn't really look like it was going in, it, it was a pretty much a tra- uh, a train until like it started right. raining. So I'll give it a um, yeah. I'd say probably right right with you guys. I mean, Claire said an eight, you said a nine. So like uh, for me, it'd probably be an eight. I mean, it is Monaco. We weren't expecting it mm-hmm. many overtakes, but we got some action. Um, quite a few crashes in the Logan rain, yeah. Logan Sargent. Yeah, getting over overtaken by. Oh my god, dude! It three cars and like he, like two laps. I think the commentators had it right. He wasn't getting just like the dude was getting robbed. Uh, he lost mm. his keys, then his wallet, his clothes, his mm. house, everything. He just lost it all. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah, but yeah. So weekend overall, probably a good eight. Um, qualifying for me was a solid ten out of ten. Like the yeah, Esteban Alcon setting the pace was unexpected towards the end of it and then oh Leclerc, yeah him getting yeah podium yeah. just <laughs> so, that does make the, the cool. race yeah. weekend better qualifying yeah. was amazing um and the race uh was i'd go to solid like six um normally i think most monaco's for me are probably like a two or a three just because there's not much that happens mm-hmm. but this weekend we had quite a bit of stuff happening uh, which is nice and shockingly we didn't get a safety car um yeah, yeah true but we are seeing a trend, and I think it's pretty fair to say that qualifying this year is more fun than the race. And I feel like, you know, maybe the cars are, like, I think the Red Bull is just not as good as qualifying, but what are your guys' thoughts on that? I mean, they have great race pace, um, far better than anything, and and a lot of teams, like, can try to get to that quality pace that Red Bull is lacking. Um even though Max somehow pulled it out. Uh, so, you know, they're they're better overall, Red Bull. Um, but, you know, sometimes they can get someone else sneaking in during qualifying, um, like Esteban. It's crazy. That was wild. Jakob? I think part of it is sort of, like, no one's touching the Red Bull, at least on race picks yeah. for the next, for this season. It's just like, like, and just bad medium tires, and he was still gapping Alonso by like a second a lap in the dry stick. So I just think the cars also like it's like I think in in Miami and like even in Azerbaijan, we saw all the cars are just developing in a way that like it's just going back to the fact that it's going to take a lot to get overtakes done. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, the qualifying is is gonna is obviously going to be like more exciting that than a race to like. To an extent, but I think Spain is also going to be sort of somewhat of a snooze fest because it takes a lot to overtake on that straight, and um, I just don't see it happening. I think it's going to be it'll it either be a great race or it'll be just like it'll be Miami again. Yeah, that's fair. Um, so <laughs> let's just get right into this part because I know you're excited about it. Mercedes brought the new upgrade. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so go ahead and give us your thoughts on it, dude. It's not got us to the front, obviously. I'd say it's gotten us pretty 
solidly ahead of Ferrari because Ferrari just had it didn't seem any pace today. Ferrari didn't seem to have any pace today. Ferrari just seemed like they had dropped off. Like it was like wow. So I think we've got like I think we're gonna get ahead of Ferrari in this in the f- title fight. We're one point off Aston Martin. Yeah. Uh, in the championship. So I think you know we de- you know they probably blew the majority of their budget on this develop uh, this upgrade. I think if you can develop a little bit and get it up to um, at least, you know, competitive with Aston Martin, we'll be good to go this season. Mm-hmm. Um, realistically, we're not touching one. Yeah. So one thing that I was pointing out to Claire is that these side pods kind of remind me of like the turbo hybrid era, like side pods that the Mercedes used to have. And I'm not sure if you like, like have uh, looked overly technically into it, but they also have like the beginnings of what is in essence a barge board on there. So I'm kind of wondering, like, what are your thoughts on that too? As long as the FIA and Red Bull don't protest it, we're fine. I'm fine with it. Like, <laughs> if it makes the car fa- if it makes the car faster, um, go for it. And I think it's it if they're developing towards a concept where it's sort of a turbo hybrid sort of side side pod and also. So like a turbo hybrid, you have a little bit of barge boats on the sides of the car. I mean, Mercedes ex- basically dominated the turbo. I mean, Don basically did dominate the turbo hybrid era for with that co- with those ideas. So I'd be fine with it. You know, as long as it's within the uh, sort of the regulation, then we're all good to go. Um, so last question, then I'll jump over to Claire. So the obviously, like you said, they did blow a lot of their budget on um, this upgrade. I mean, they changed the floor, they changed the side pods. I think they brought a new fr- uh, front suspension, and I think they already brought in a new rear wing for it as well. Um, Lewis broke one of the front suspensions already. Um, so kind of where is your like headspace at, knowing that Mercedes won't be able to bring like many more upgrades, save for maybe three or four minor upgrades throughout the rest of the year fine honestly because i think like as long as those three or four upgrades can keep us in the contention with aston martin and ferrari um and the drivers are happy with the car and um we're you know we're competing for p2 in the championship we don't drop down from p2 i'm yeah i'm fine with it because um realistically this gives us a stronger base to compete in 2024 um, so I'd, I'd be completely fine with them going with the, the, the pot they've taken so far. Nice. Um, Claire, McLaren, they did awesome today. Um, yes, yes, they did. They got two points finishers, which is very nice for them. So, uh, thoughts, I mean, Lando Norris on one of his specialty tracks, but they kind of got it wrong. So, uh, I mean... give me your summary of McLaren for today and this weekend. Yeah, this weekend, I mean, I think they were pushing, you know, above their their weight class. Um, somehow, Lando made it into, you know, Q3. Uh, <clears throat> they didn't, he didn't really get his best chances in qualifying because of the, the incident. It was just a racing incident <laughs> with Charles Leclerc um, in the tunnel. Um, so we didn't really get to see what his quality pace would have really been um, had he had another flying lap. Uh, but, you know, Piastri and Norris, they kind of stuck together, even though they're on different race, uh, tire strategies. Um, I mean, by the end, they were both showing really great pace. Uh, so that kind of gave me a a lot of hope. Um, yeah, I'm very proud. I was like double points finishes. Like what more can you ask for? It is a little bit overshadowed by the fact that, you know, Alpine did so well this weekend. Um, their main competitor, I, I'd say. Uh, so now they're a little bit behind because I think, like, Esteban got, like, uh, all the points, you know, that, like, kind of as much as they'd been getting from their picking off the little points at the end. Um, so that's something, but... If they can come back and get, you know, some higher finishes, uh, they definitely are still in in contention against Alpine. Sure. Um, and then also, so they brought, obviously, a new um, livery for this weekend uh, based on the Triple Crown. So Yes. <laughs> how do you and the Indy 500 is, is going on right now. We got four <laughs> McLaren arrows racing nice. all towards the, the front of the pack last time I checked. So nice. that's good. 
Um, I liked the livery; it grew on me. I mean, we've all made, we've all seen and made the comparisons that it looks like a cigarette, which, yeah, yeah, it does. Um, but I liked uh, the combining of the three components to the Triple Crown in their cars. Um, I think there's a lot of intricate details. And then I just, I really liked, you know, Lando's helmet for this weekend. Um, very monocle. Um, that's weird. It says that you're calling me Patrick. <laughs> I don't know. Um, <laughs> on Discord. Anyway, uh, yeah, I mean, their livery, I liked it. I, I don't think that they're going to keep it for another race, or are they? I don't know. I'd like to see it some more. Um, but, yeah. I, I don't mind it. I know Jakob's not the biggest fan of it, but it kind of grew on me. <laughs> yeah. Jakob, what are your thoughts on... Uh... It's just, it just didn't look that good. Like, <laughs> I I was a fan of last year's. Didn't they have, like, a special livery for, uh, I think, 2021 when they partnered up with Golf? Yeah, I think they did. but now they're yeah. not partnered. That looked so. good. But, like, yeah, that's true, yeah. but I, I mean, yeah, that's one of my favorite liveries ever. The McLaren Golf. Yeah, uh, this just looked yeah. so like um, it just looked mismatched. It it was too like it, it just three different like, things going on. Yeah, I, I mean like like I what it like was. Been, I feel like there might have been an effect, more effective way of like combining all three liveries. But you know, I'm not um, I'm not an artist per se. But like I just yeah. it looked too much like an Alpha Terry to me. Every time I saw the car, I was like, wow, Nick DeVries is doing so well today. <laughs> yeah, funny. Um, I mean, yeah. And then we got Williams that's uh, setting up their their fan choice livery for uh, the next couple of races yeah. um, in Singapore, Suzuka, and somewhere else. I have no clue. I don't, I don't know where else. Probably but. Austin. Probably Austin, right? Yeah, uh, maybe. <laughs> Those are looking good, though. Yeah, one of them. That's the golf livery. I don't Williams know how many combo. guys play F one twenty two. One of them looks like the baseline livery they give you when you first load up the game. <laughs> that's, that's one of the funniest I didn't things. like that one. <laughs> um, but yeah, so on the topic of Alfatari, Nick DeVries again not having the most fantastic race, and I feel like you gotta Yuki. you gotta hurt for Yuki because the guy was like he had such a phenomenal weekend he put his car into q3 again which i feel like he's far out driving the machinery he's been given and it just like everything goes well and then on the day of the weekend he just gets brake issues and he's there for yeah. two points and then lando overtakes him and then oscar overtakes him and then he has he puts himself down an escape road and like you, you gotta feel bad for him and yeah it's just really unfortunate seeing it because i feel like He's a lot better driver than the machinery that he has underneath him. And it kind of sucks to see him, like, struggling with that. Like, I feel like if you put him in a Haas, maybe he'd do better than either Nico or... or definitely better than Nico, maybe not as good as Kevin. But, uh, it's just the Alphatari sucks so bad. Um, and there's not really much to talk mm -hmm. about with him because, like, you know, outside of Yuki almost being at the points, Nick still not putting up much. And we can't say that it's, you know, because he hasn't driven the track before, because I think he's driven the track more times than Yuki has, actually. So, like, you can't use that as your excuse, and you can't say it's just because the Alpha Tower is bad, because Yuki put it into Q3. So, it's really just him really struggling to come to grips with the car. Uh, and a lot of people, I'm kind of curious to know what you guys are, um, what your thoughts are about this, but, like, a lot of people are speculating that, you know, end of the season if Nick DeVries really is still at this very much subpar level people could see him leaving for either Liam Lawson or Daniel Ricardo. Ava if mm. of course that's Daniel Ricardo's one way back into F1 next year and so I'm kind of curious what your guys thoughts are on that that's a very realistic that's a very realistic possibility mm. like yeah if, if he can it's like the same I think it's him and Logan Sargent are yeah. in the same boat where if they don't perform, if they stay at this sort of, like, very average level of performing at the end of the season, it's like, you're done, we'll get someone else. Mm -hmm. I don't know if, I don't know if Daniel is about to drive, I think, in half a hard, I think, you know, he'd hope for better. Yeah. Um, but, no, I think it's a very real possibility that you see Nick back at, back in Mercedes as a reserve driver, and... Uh, Liam Lawson or someone else uh, 
take over for um, take over from an Alphatari. Mm-hmm. Um, Claire, your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I feel like we'd see Liam Lawson before we'd see Danny Rick. Um, I just don't think Daniel Ricardo will drive anywhere that's not up to his standards at this yep. point in his career. Uh, it would be a great. It's always been a great place to try out new drivers. Uh, so Liam Lawson would yep. get it, in my opinion. And then for Williams, you know, Logan Sargent, if he doesn't perform, the you know the rumors that. Toto wants to put Mick in the Williams, uh, convince James Fowles. Um, Sorry, are you saying Nick or Mick? Mick. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no. I I think, you know, they'll be happy to have Nick back as a reserve driver, for potentially. Um, yep. Yeah, but I think that relationship got a little strained, you know, when Nick hmm. decided to go. Okay, talk, so talk. here's another thing I'm curious about. Um, let's say... Let's say this is a possibility. Nick DeVries doesn't do well by the end of the year for AlphaTauri. What if we see him move into the Williams seat, Logan Sargent move out, and then Red Bull takes one of their junior drivers into that seat for the AlphaTauri seat? Do you think, though, that Williams wants Nick DeVries? I feel like they could just because like he already scored them a couple points in 2022, so he, shows, he knows how to drive that car in specific. Um, and quite frankly, I think it's okay to say that the Williams is better than the AlphaTauri. Not by much, but it's better. <laughs> it's a it's a it's a better option compared to like you had Latifi for all those years who didn't do anything. Yeah. And then you had Logan Sargent who hasn't done much. Yeah. He could do much. We could do a lot. We yeah. haven't seen. So far, they're about the same. <laughs> yeah. So far, all they've done is sort of like drive around and crash. Yes. Um. But um. It benefits you in the sense that Nick DeVries has experience in that car. He's driven that car. He'd be more. He'd be. It'd be hit. He'll hit the ground running, hmm. per se. Whereas if you were to insert Mick into that car, it'd be again another at least another year or half a year of him getting to terms with how to drive that car. Him getting to terms with uh, competing with, uh, assuming Albon is still there, Alex yeah. Albon. So, I mean, there's advantages and disadvantages. Personally, I wouldn't put either. I'd try and go and get Frederick Vesti back in that. Try and get Frederick Vesti that F1 seat, see how he can perform in F1. Because mm-hmm. he won he won the F2 race today, didn't he? Yeah, he did. I, we'll jump into that in a sec. I do want to talk about this. <laughs> um, but, Claire, what are your thoughts on like that possibility of Nick being in that seat? I I'm so confused by Nick DeVries, so I, I don't know. Like he <laughs> he should be performing better, and he's not. And um, I, I I do see that you know he probably would fit better in the Williams, but you know he kind of messed that up himself by not pursuing that hard enough. Yeah. And he thought he would take a better better deal at Alphatari. Yeah. So I don't know, like what I'm sure everyone's very professional. Um, with their relationships and whatnot, but yeah. I just, I don't know where, I don't know if he fits in the F1 world, yeah. to be honest. Like, I feel like he might just be one of those drivers that drives in other series and yeah. does really well. That's one thing I was going to ask, just can't actually. make it in F1. Mm. Yeah. Uh, one of the things I wanted to ask you guys is, like, is Nick DeVries one of those drivers, like, uh, uh, maybe, like, a Yan Magnuson or, like, these other drivers who have been notoriously awesome when it comes to like the feeder series but then when it actually comes to like that final step in f1 they're just not there i mean yeah it feels like that is nick devries now yeah, yeah and i feel like kinda. i mean roman grosjean he's he's killing it in in indy so yep. uh, there are other there are other places to race mm-hmm. um at a certain point it's kind of like you gave it your all you did your shot and you just weren't very good yeah in um, f1 so i don't know okay so Jumping over to F2 for a moment, because this is probably the more exciting uh, prospect. Formula 2 has one of the most highly contested championships I've seen in a while. Uh, We have three people fighting for the championship in uh, three different academies, so it's just really nice. Uh, Federico Vesti, of course, uh, just took the lead of the championship by winning the Monaco uh, feature race. Um, Right behind him is probably my favorite driver of the F2 grid this year, uh, Ayuma Iwasa from Japan. And behind him is, I think, everybody's favorite playboy, uh, Theo Porcher. 
And so all three of them are fighting for the championship this year, and all three of them are expected to win, especially Federico Vesti, given that I think it's his third or fourth year in F2. Um, but they're all showing some mega pace, and so I'm kind of curious. Like um, Another thing, so Ayumi Voss, of course, is for the Red Bull Academy, Federico Vesti for Mercedes Academy. I'm kind of curious if Logan Sargent and Nick DeVries continue with their poor form. What if we see these two drivers for their respective academies drive for Alphatari and Williams instead of putting like Mick or Daniel in those seats? It's all it's all for for them to decide, you know. I, yes and no, but there's also like a lot of reserve drivers who have been out of F two yep. um, for a year or so that are lined up and ready to go. There's so much talent actually just in the waiting, and we only have 20 seats. Yes, uh, it's, it's it's very challenging for for team principals. I bet trying to you know weigh the the, the pros and cons and figure out who will because it's all just a gamble at the end of the day. Yep. There's only a few like known entities, and yeah, and, and at the end of the day, it's all very unpredictable. Pr- predictable anyway. Jacob, <laughs> probability. <clears throat> Daniel Ricardo driving for Alphatari stands at the same level as the probability of Felipe Drogovic ever getting that Astro. <laughs> I feel it's, like it's, if it's his only way into F1, I feel like he wouldn't take, like, if, like, there's no seats next year on the grid, I feel like it wouldn't not be a possibility. I think, I think there will be. I think, I think he'd, um, I think Red Bull is starting to look like a very uh, realistic option for him because the fact that Perez got lapped twice today by Max mm-hmm. is, and Max, uh, you know, Max clearly just doesn't want Perez as his teammate anymore. He's, you know, he can pretend like Perez can pretend like he's a championship contender, but realistically, he's not. Um, I mean, I, this is just Monaco, though. Like, he made a mistake in qualifying, and that will no, cost but you. But that doesn't mean he's not in contention for the championship. He is not in contention. Do, you, do, do you, you honestly... No, he's not. He's a good driver. I'm not saying he's he's not a good driver. I'm saying, do you honestly believe that he's in championship contention? Yeah. I mean, yes. Oh, it yeah. Just, <laughs> it just takes Mac, Max one DNF, and then they're right back where they were. I don't know. After qualifying, they knew he wasn't going to get points, right? Because you can't start P20 at Monaco unless there's a huge crash and and get points. Um, But he did everything they asked him. He pitted like five times. I just think, yeah, true. That's, yeah, he did do do all that. I just think that Max is just too, too good of a drop, too way better than Perez that he just like oh yeah maybe he'll have a DNF or two and it'll look like it, it, Perez will be in championship con- will on points wise it'll look like he's contending but come the end of the season like Max will win it out solely because take Miami for example right what Perez led the entire race was for most of the race Perez led Max came from P9 and still beat him so yeah. you know if, if you have you have Max that gives like his consistent He's he's like the, he's arguably top two in qualifying. He's the top two, the best one of the best one of two in the best qualifying, and he's the best in race pace with the best car. So it's 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 you know he's got everything going for him. I don't think Perez is not a bad one. I just think that Max doesn't like him. I don't think Max has a personal thing with him. I think Max just doesn't think of him as a competition. I think Max would much prefer Daniel in this seat. Mm-hmm. Um, and so. This kind of raises up a question I had, though. Uh, so, obviously, we know that Checo's main goal this year, for uh, from the team, of course, is to just get P2 in the driver standings. And I think that's mm-hmm. a fairly attainable thing. Um, but after this race, it feels like it's up in the air just because Fernando is sitting, I think, uh, like 10 or 12 points behind him. Um, but, I mean, it, it really seems like as long as Checo gets P2... Red Bull and Max can't complain about him being on the team because even if he may not be yeah. competitive with Max, he's still they're still winning the constructors. They still get both the top two spots in the drivers' championship, and I feel like as long as he meets that minimum criteria of getting P two, then you know he's chilling in that seat. Yeah, but I think if you think about it in a long term perspective, mm-hmm. so let's yeah okay, he gets P two this season, solid stuff. 
um, then you move fast forward to next season. Right? Let's just say next season with the new development on Mercedes, and you know, we'll forget about Ferrari because Ferrari can't get their act together. <laughs> Aston Martin, do you can you honestly see Perez like actually being competitive with Fernando Alonso, Lewis Hamilton, and George Russell? Lance Stroll also we're gonna forget about because he can't get his act together either ways. <laughs> We're yeah, the, uh, lo- I think as long as Checo stays with Red Bull, he stays competitive. Yeah, but like, yeah, I guess. But I, honestly, if Aston and Mercedes catch up to, on race pace next season, then I think Red Bull will definitely have a problem because I think Lewis and Fernando will give Perez a run for his money and will also give Max a little bit of a run for his money. Mm. And I think Daniel is more a more likely. Uh, more reliable driver in the sense that he's not just gonna drop off and sort of like just not be like a reliable number two driver. I think Daniel will be will will give Fernando and Lewis an equal amount of competition that they're giving him. Mm. I feel like this happened with 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 Lewis and Valtteri. At, at some point, you were kind of like. Wow, Lewis really is like lapping him, and like he's not keeping up where he should be. Um, like you get stuck behind a bunch of cars, all of that, and you're like, well, if it was Lewis in those shoes, he would have made his way through the field. It just happens, you know. It's not like there are two Max Verstappen's on a team, and I'm not sure you would want that. Like with Lewis and and Nico, that wasn't very healthy. Um, so, so it just kind of kind of happens that way. I don't think that Checo is going anywhere. I feel like he will have another season with Red Bull. Yep. Kind of also just to refute one of your points, I feel like Checo's probably the most reliable second driver. Like, I'd say he's probably going to be a more reliable second driver. I'm just driver saying. It's no, no, I mean, before. not your point. Sorry, Jakob's point. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, I think he is I'm the saying- most reliable second driver, and even if he's not competitive with Max, I feel like if you put Daniel in that seat, he's going to feel like he doesn't want to be number one. And I'm pretty sure Checo doesn't want to be number one either, but I feel like when Max can't get points, Checo's always there for it. Whereas I'm not sure if I can see Daniel actually doing that when he jumps back into the seat. I'm saying... I don't know. You're um, just getting influenced by his time in McLaren. Oh, 100%. <laughs> but that's not who he is. You go off the most yeah, recent performance. You go off the most recent performance. My point is that when you stack, suddenly when Checo goes up against Lewis and Fernando, mm-hmm. I think he'll find it a bit of a struggle to keep to keep competing with them weekend after weekend, solely because Lewis and Fernando are both infinitely are, are better than him as drivers. Yeah, and suddenly, suddenly like P two suddenly is no longer the standard. Okay, you're going up against Lewis and Fernando P three, yeah, and suddenly you have George Russell to condemn. And George Russell is also, I think, George Russell today pissed me off, but George Russell is a better driver <laughs> than Checo overall. I, I think, think I put Checo and George on the same level, honestly, for now. I, I, like, for now, just because of the way that George is, uh, I feel like him and Checo are probably at the same point of, like, uh, how good they are. Like, if you were to put it on a pedestal, I'd probably say Max is at the pinnacle right now. And then you probably have, like, Lewis, Fernando, Charles... And then after that, you have Carlos George Checo, and so I feel like um, I don't. I, th- I feel like it, at some point, it, let's say that one of those three teams did get competitive. It probably won't be Ferrari. So let's say Aston Martin and Mercedes do get competitive, and let's say it's both of them at the same time. Even Max still is probably going to be driving off in the distance away from them, and it'll be just a instead of a two-way fight like last year for second, it'll probably be a three or a four-way fight. And in that case, I still don't exactly see Checo falling away from them just because he is in the best car, and he's proven that he knows how to drive the best car. Okay. Uh, but off the topic oh, of Big Four. Can we, can we, can <laughs> yeah. we talk about George Russell's whining-ass attitude today? <laughs> it, was, yeah. it was just whine after like it's like I remember like I like George Russell I will support him when Lewis yeah. retires he will be my number one guy <laughs> assuming Charles isn't isn't at Mercedes at that point but uh-huh. you know I will support George Russell um what try and get himself ahead of Lewis there was no need Lewis dropped eight seconds on his head as soon as like it started drying up he had like there was no need to try and get ahead of Lewis and yeah. put that on radio and it's like like, I remember I, I read this tweet after I watched the race, and it was like, 
George Russell's more determined to get ahead of Lewis without wheel-to-wheel -wheel racing than act like using team orders. And like, that's fine. Yeah, I think George Russell has a lot to learn in wheel-to-wheel -wheel racing. Yeah. He does. He has. He has a lot of learning to do in that aspect. But he knew no one was gonna like. It was just like, okay, I'm just gonna do it for the sake of doing it, and then <laughs> see what happens. Because like, he knew there was no way in hell they were gonna let him pass. Well, I don't think it was really whining. I think, like, at the time that he asked for it, I feel like it was actually probably one of their best options. Um, because there's... It was way too early to be asked for It wasn't that, early. I mean, he, he had a five-second penalty, and it's like, if you have Lewis playing like a rear gunner in most cases, then you don't have to worry about um, Charles or anybody else catching up. It may have been a bit premature, given the fact that the Mercedes is just faster than the Ferrari, and he was already five seconds clear of Charles. But at the time, I mean, it's like, you know, uh, Lewis wasn't looking like he was going to catch uh, Esteban. And, sh I mean, it it's kind of up in the air at that point. It was a really 50-50 type of deal. So I wouldn't say it was more whining. I feel like it was just an option. And, I mean, he did say it, was, it wasn't an obligation. Yeah, I just found it to be whining. I was like, listen, <laughs> just shut up and drive. <laughs> You're totally fast in Ferrari. Just shut up and drive. <laughs> um, if we're going off of... Uh race messages um radio messages um carlos was also complaining oh about my god yeah, he was worse than george in my opinion yeah um and then yuki's were just hilarious oh so. everybody loves yuki radio. <laughs> it's like that's a break yeah. don't work carlos like, is just a serial whiner <laughs> yeah this race is bad for him it, it wasn't it's kind of wild how bad how, how badly like his race turned out, given how good he was throughout oh, the yeah. entire weekend. Like I feel like this weekend he mm -hmm. was probably the most on pace person uh, when it came through free practices. But then when we got to qualifying and then the race, it's just like, dude, you fell away so hard. <laughs> yeah, and it's also like it's that combined with the fact that Ferrari are so determined not to like screw up that like they just can't like can't like do anything yeah. so like they're so worried about screwing up that like even their most basic strategy to execute is just like somehow it just yeah. like it just falls apart immediately and also, the fact that you lost yeah both did. places to the mercedes is you couldn't split the mercedes yeah. like with i think because charles was ahead for the majority no carlos, carlos was yeah you couldn't you couldn't split the mercedes with carlos is just like dude you had to have some serial bad luck and bad strategy to go do that well like on top of that how yeah. awful is it that ferrari called uh carlos in like five or six times and then told him to stay out the last second oh <laughs> like, i don't know if they were trying to like bluff like alpine into like getting in the pit stops yeah. but whatever that was that was so useless yeah um okay so normally we're used to safety cars coming out um red flags or virtual safety cars coming out at monaco and i don't think we had a single even virtual safety car today the most we had is like these very short yellow flags so i'm kind of curious mm -hmm. like there are three new drivers on the grid this or, yeah three new drivers on the grid this year i'm kind of curious like why you guys think that there's fewer safety cars this year budget cap uh, this, baby. This <laughs> what budget cap yeah um budget cap. I, I feel like they said, they said something no. about you know they beefed up the front suspension so it wouldn't break as easily. Yeah. Um, they hit the barriers. Uh, so, I mean, I don't know how there wasn't more red flags and everything with the rain and everyone sliding around. It all it honestly seems like pretty bizarre that there, there wasn't actually. Mm. Um, but I think everyone was being super, super cautious because they, they knew about, you know, how easy it is to do that. Yeah. Uh, no one was really racing that hard, like, the overtakes happened naturally. Um, I mean, the couple of times when someone tried to force it, it was obvious, but it was it was at such low speed that like it didn't yeah cause that much. The damage. number of like front wings that took damage. Oh yeah, it seemed like every, everyone just forgot that they have front wings. Like everyone, was <laughs> yeah. like, ah, I'm just gonna drive into the back of these dudes. It's like when people have I a think, pit stop, like, you're expecting a front wing change. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. I think, but to your answer to the question, I think it's budget cap. I think like yeah. every team principal is basically saying, telling their drivers, "Don't do not break crash my car. This car. <laughs> yeah. Do not break this car." <laughs> Logan Sargent and Chloe see the Williams guys don't seem to care that much. Yeah, but uh, and the Haas guys to an extent. But I feel like the Haas um, guys been worse. Yeah, no, yeah, Haas guys like 
especially like yeah both of them have their share of crashes but like i think everyone is just saying do not break this car like if we get like you know obviously going over the budget cap as red bull did doesn't really mean a lot you you get fined whatever eight million pair comes we'll yeah. pay it but I think they're all just saying, like, don't fucking break, sorry, language, just don't break the car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's fair. Um, on the topic of Haas, uh, I mean, what's going on? I'd say probably Haas and Alfa Romeo, like, they, it seems like with their driver lineups, they should be scoring points, and neither of them are looking like they're going to be able to. Like I think it's a very rare case where your nowadays tenth place Williams and Alpha Tauri are competing and actually probably like looking like they're doing better than the Haas and the Alfa Romeos. It's like what's going on? No idea. I mean they they should with their driver lineup be doing better, but you know, someone has to do bad yeah. always. Ten drivers never score points, you know. So it's like they're just not making any inroads um, where other teams are. Um, you know, like the the McLarens have kind of turned around a little bit, which is surprising. Um, and then you know when when no one crashes with like a safety car or anything in the top the top three teams, four teams even, um, then there just there isn't much room for the the midfield to to pounce on any opportunities. Yeah, Jakob. Mm, I don't know. I think Monaco might just be the outlier because you couldn't, like, they had bad qualities and therefore bad bases. But I think how fast they just completely screwed Nico, Nico Hulkenberg over yeah. with the strategy. But um, I don't know. I think in the case of like Alfa Romeo, I can see why there's a drop off in performance. They're probably like not really spending a lot of money. They're probably waiting for that Audi development to start kicking in so that they can focus on that stuff but I don't know Haas doesn't seem to have an excuse so yeah. I, I don't really <laughs> I mean Gunther Sch- yeah keep going no go ahead go ahead yeah Gunther sure Steiner brought in Nico Hulkenberg as because he wanted a consistent point score and he hasn't gotten a consistent point score so like where do you think he's at we didn't hear from him at all today actually we normally always hear from Gunther Steiner but I feel like James Fowles is taking over that like person they always talk to but I'll get to that in a sec like how do you guys think Gunter Steiner's feeling about his current driver lineup and how they're not really delivering? He's upset. I think it was like the 150th race for Haas or something. Yeah. So they were looking to celebrate and it was just a nothing race. Um, yeah. I think Gene Haas was there on his yacht, so I'm sure they're all very disappointed and just riled up for the for the next one. Yeah. I just, I mean, I, you know, it is what it is. Haas will have like, they're very like up and down on performance they have like, a couple of good really good races and a couple of really bad races yeah i think uh, by the time the season shakes out they would have finished where they maybe targeted to finish or maybe higher um yeah i think i think they'll be fine monaco okay. might just be um so kind of on this topic of team principles normal we're so used to hearing um the commentators talk to team principals and it used to always be Gunter Steiner because he would give some funny, fantastic commentary and we would all love him for it. But I think this year we haven't heard him nearly as much in these first few races, um, but we have heard from James Fowles, who is the newest team principal, of course. Um, and I'm kind of curious what your guys' thoughts are on hearing from him because whenever he like they ask him questions, he gets very in-depth um, insights into like what goes on on track with the cars and things like that so I'm kind of curious like what your guys thoughts are on him both as a person they reached out to for commentary and also as a team principal so far as a person for commentary I feel like he's really good for like you the kind of fan Patrick that like knows the technical stuff and like you love him so you just want to hear from him <laughs> uh, but for like you know the more casual watcher He's not very, like, exciting to listen to, but, um, yeah, I mean, I think he's doing the best he can as team principal. Williams is a, is a tough, tough task, um, especially with a new rookie. Uh, they're doing the best. I mean, he's he's been really good, like, getting on social media and, like, explaining what's going on and stuff. So there's a lot of transparency going on that's, that's a plus. 
Um, I find I think it's honestly it's better than listening to like Christian Horner and and Gunter Steiner. Like, <laughs> I think you just think anyone's better than listening better to Christian Horner. Better than, <laughs> yeah, than listening much. to Otmar as well. Oh, true. I yeah, it's true. It's better than listening to pretty much every team principal. Like, mm-hmm. honestly, I'd rather listen. Like, cause I was watching his press press conference as well, and like it's like he like explains it in like such a simplistic manner that you're getting it your understanding like so like a casual f1 viewer who doesn't really know too much about the technical side of things suddenly knows what it means when the track is ramping up suddenly yeah. knows what that means. that he, was a you know, good thing he said yeah like the way he explains things it's very simple it's very like he's breaking down like complex concepts for you so i like listening to him i enjoy listening to him um as a team principal i think um he's doing a good job like arguably He's doing the best he can with what he what he's got. Um, he, I think, in his press conference, like uh, over the weekend, Saturday or Friday, he said that it's not like for us, it's not a like a matter of a couple of months. It's a couple of years. The project is going to take a couple of years. Our, he says our investors. He said our investors understand that now. I think realistically, he's got like he's got like a lot of work ahead of him. He's got a. I don't think they have a chief technical officer yet. No. Um, so he's got like a lot of work ahead of him, but I think right now, primarily, I think his target is that technical officer position and finding drivers or driver that he can secure long term. Because mm-hmm. yeah. well, I think Albon is that guy, but also they need like Logan Sargent is not his pick, so I don't think Logan Sargent stay mm-hmm. manages to keep the seat next year. I think probably you see someone like Vesti or hop in that seat and sort of get a couple years on like what George Russell did essentially yeah okay so um, I think so one thing that James Wells has talked about is the chief technical offer position I think he's talked about it a lot in his past few interviews Um, and one of the things he keeps referencing is that like it might be one person it might be two um, but he is taking his time evaluating every single option possible for it um and he is like thinking of you know do i want just that one chief technical officer like a lot of other teams have or am i going to split this into two separate roles so that we can like build a much stronger foundation for the future um and i think he's talking about like it's a four or five year plan because they're definitely not expecting to do well this year maybe even next year or whatnot but when it comes to the drivers uh, the other thing he's talked about is that he actually does have a lot of faith in morgan and that he does plan on like talking keeping him for the long term and you know experimenting with his growth because that's kind of what williams does i think they keep drivers longer than anybody else i mean they kept george russell for three years so um and they, yeah they, they well, keep their george drivers russell for, is a talent so. yeah well, i mean they kept latifi for three years and he's not a talent so <laughs> he was a money machine yes um but yeah and so it's not like logan Sargent is a money he doesn't have like these fantastically rich parents like latifi does he just has a lot of really good american sponsors um but he has talked about just keeping logan because he does see the potential there uh and so i feel like he'll probably follow in the footsteps of other um, williams team principals and just like keep a driver for like two years minimum uh and see how they develop and i mean we could see him become something like a yuki sonoda where it's like you know uh, it takes him a little while to get Dark there. Dark horse, yeah. Yeah, it takes mm-hmm. him a little while to get there, but he could get there. Um, but when it comes to Alex Albon, very solid driver, and I'm very happy with that driver. Uh, he puts the Williams in places it should not be, so <laughs> very exciting there. Um, I think we haven't talked about them enough, and I feel like it's something that we don't talk about enough because there are so many different talking points. But the last pr- team I want to talk about is Alpine. Uh, well, yeah. Yeah, there's just like, oh. nobody's talked about this enough. Everybody's like Max won, Alonso finally got you know something that wasn't a P3, but like <laughs> Alpine just got third and seventh place in Dude, Monaco. The only person I know that even likes Alpine as a team is you know Alex. Yeah. Um, so it's like I don't know. That's why I kind of like no. <laughs> there are very few like diehard Alpine fans. Yeah. So, but they should exciting. be talked about. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. Yaka, what are your thoughts? Alpine. Can't hear you, buddy. Okay. Oh, yeah, you're good. Alpine, um, they got a good 
beat down by Laura Rossi at Miami. Oh yeah. So I think this is probably this is probably a direct product or a direct a sort of response to that. It's like you know, right. But um, I think okay. Look, the conditions and like obviously Ocon's qualifying lap put him in position to be able to capitalize and and hold Lewis off for third place. Um, so I think it's a look. They're they're on the rise. Obviously, Otmar has said that it's going to be a multi-year project. It's not like we're not going to be competitive immediately. So I think as long as they like hold, can hold off McLaren and you know keep what uh, P four. Yeah, and P five and the in the constructor standings, I think that will be a good season for them. Mm. You know, bag maybe one more, one or two more podiums. See if you can. Um, I mean, but, I'd be surprised, but I was surprised with them being on the podium this this race. Oh. I mean, yeah, who? I, I mean, it was, a, it was a direct result of like you know Charles and the Friar team messing up um, and getting him that that three place grid penalty. Yeah. One thing I am curious about, though, is... So, Alpine, obviously, is one of those teams that is in their third year, I want to say, of their 100 race plan to be competing mm-hmm. for podiums. And I feel like they're this year they've taken a massive step forward compared to last year. So, I'm kind of curious. Do you guys... I mean, I mean, they also have only brought, like, a couple developments in Baku, just like everybody else. And so, I'm kind of curious, like, do you guys think that second half of the season, or maybe even a little bit later, that there'll be a team that's actually, like, regularly contending for those a little bit higher points paying positions over, let's say, like, maybe one of the Ferraris or maybe, like, George Russell or people like that? Personally, I don't think so. I mean, it totally could happen, I guess, but I I just don't see them doing that somehow. I I mean, great drivers, but I feel like the car's very unreliable right now. Um, I'm I'm glad that they got this highest point-scoring finish, but I feel like it's, like, more of, like, a one-off. Um... I, I mean, obviously, we don't know what we don't know, but great drivers, so it could happen, but I just feel like Ferrari isn't going to take these kind of results well. Um, I, they're going to try their best to, to not have this happen again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Look, Ferrari need to get their together. <laughs> Realistically, like... It's just I don't know. It's like never I I I can fully see like Charles Leclerc telling Lewis Hamilton, no no, don't come here. I'll come to you. I'll race with you. Or don't come here. This is a shit show. Yeah. So you know you know as much as he says yeah, I love Ferrari. I'm you know I'm gonna be a Ferrari for life. You know it's like, do you want to be a Ferrari driver for life though? <laughs> like do you really want to go through the stress that everyone else? So yeah, you know, I think I think realistically, you're good. the only guaranteed thing that you're gonna see is happen on the podium. Everyone else is sort of like either one of the Astons could take it. Well, not either one. Only Alonso could take <laughs> yeah. one. Um, and possibly you'll see a Mercedes. One of the, one of the Mercedes drivers up there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Ferrari. Tough times at Ferrari. Yes. I I saw like kind of like a joke. Um, you know, because Seb ended up showing up to the Monaco Grand Prix, and the joke was that he came because he heard that Lewis was heard the rumors about Lewis and Ferrari, and then he had to go and tell him not to do it. <laughs> he had to right. convince him not to go to Ferrari. Um, um, they did off that to- on that topic. Did you want to talk about the, the whole debate of Lewis going to Ferrari or not? Obviously, oh. the rumors have been dismissed, but... Yeah, I was actually going to say that. So, Fred Risser openly said that <coughs> nobody said anything to Lewis, uh, and the only time that Charles had contact that they're aware of with Toto is when Toto asked him which bay he was supposed to go to in the airport. Like, they mm. don't actually talk at all, so... Um, but we're almost out of time here, so... I'm kind of curious. Uh, next week we're in Spain, a much more representative track. I feel like a lot of and a lot of teams that would have brought their upgrades to Imola didn't bring them here, unlike Mercedes. So a lot of teams will actually every team is bringing upgrades to Spain. So I'm kind of curious um, who you guys think is going to come fourth in Spain. Merck, let's go. Which one? Fourth. Oh. Sorry, I mean, Wait, what like the, which which driver is going to come fourth? Lewis, yeah, Lewis. I, actually, no. I, come I'm in P four yeah. or what? 
Hundred percent. Just oh. P four. I thought you meant like like no, who's gonna come mind. forward. No. Like never mind. Um, Lewis is gonna win. <laughs> I think I think I'm, I'm, Lewis has always been historically good at Spain, so I'd see. Yeah. I'd say I'll predict the Lewis podium. Okay. Um, I'm gonna say Fernando gets P four. Oh. Okay. Jakob, who gets P four? P four. I'll say George. Okay. I, I'm predicting. <laughs> I'm calling. I'm calling a Lewis Max Fernando podium. Dude, that is so many Irish championships on the podium. Uh, yeah. That is wild. Um, that's seven plus two plus two. So. You get eleven podium. I mean, that's like watching Lewis race next to seven. It's eleven podium. Eleven championships. Yeah. Um, fourth place, I think. It's just such a weird thing to ask. Yeah, I know. That's the <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm gonna say it's gonna be Carlos. Okay, Wait, you think? Don't um. Sorry, before we quit, before yeah. we quit, don't Ferrari have like a like a big upgrade coming where yep. it's supposedly changing the concept of their car and stuff like yep. that. <laughs> every single okay, team is, every single team is bringing massive changes to Spain. Who's that money and they're looking exactly like the Red Bull? <laughs> that. That would not be surprising. <laughs> it's what uh, happens. Yeah, I mean, best car, best driver. <laughs> so, dude, uh, Adrian. I mean, you bet every team's got like photographs of Red Bull's floor. Oh, hundred percent, like, dude. Write that down. Write that down. <laughs> <laughs> Red Bull that is awesome. Red Bull is trying to get that <laughs> taken taken off, like making sure that that doesn't get shown. But no, it, you can't stop that. Everyone has a everyone copy. Has then. It. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like, everyone has probably has a photo of like Mercedes's mm-hmm. floor, but no one's gonna copy that. No, no one cares, no one cares yeah. about that. <laughs> we like this. Like this is what we don't want to do. I guess I see what it looks like now. Yeah, I got Adrian, it. Adrian, Adrian Ewing was like crying. Yeah, like, it looks like he was crying. When Checo crashed, he's like, "No, they're gonna see my masterpiece, <laughs> and then it won't be unique anymore." <laughs> but all right, that's all Only we got. <laughs> yeah. That's all Everyone we got for you guys. Everyone just rolls out uh, a new floor for next season for like that. That Spain would be and- insane. <laughs> <laughs> that's what we got for you guys this week. Next week we have Spain. Um, hopefully, actually, it's definitely gonna be a better race, even though Jakob thinks it's gonna be a snooze fest. Um, 50 50. 50 50 on it. It's like 70 30. <laughs> it would be more exciting than Monaco. Whether, oh, it would be actually a, whether it would actually be a good race like like um, last year is a different question. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll see you guys next week. Claire. <laughs> it's lights out, and away we go!